Welcome to the third installment of Old Testament Bible Hour with Jody. I'm your host, Brian, and we are getting together again on a Sunday night. We get together on every couple of Sundays, and so we're again doing this from my sunroom here in Lincoln, Nebraska, and we finished off a bottle of whiskey, so that should tell you something. There you go. So, Wait, but what kind is it? It's bullet. Bullet rye. Yeah, bullet rye. So, tonight we are going to look at the story of Ruth and Boaz, and it's the the book of Ruth, which you could, before you listen to this, now that you know what it is, you mm. could read it, because I'm not a very fast reader, as we've shared, and, um, but I was able to read through it today and gain an understanding of it more. So It's a nice short one. Yeah. So we're excited for you to join us again tonight. Um, we hope you learned something from our podcast and just enjoy the conversations that Jody and I have. Um, we will be posting these segments socially like we've done in the past. And we look forward to feedback from you. We've got some really good feedback from you. So we're excited to share some more. And we're going to try to extend these uh, longer each time as well, which I don't think we'll have a problem with. <laughs> so, so now on to the story. Okay, so we're back. And... So my take on the story is is the way that we do this, and then we then we bring Jody in. But okay, so my take on the story is that. And you just read it, right? Yeah, I read it today, in the last couple of days. Okay. And and so there was this lady, I, I can't think of her name. Who was the main lady's name? Uh, Ruth. No, before Ruth. Oh, Naomi. Naomi, thank okay. you. And so so Naomi, and then Ruth married Naomi's son. Right? Yeah. Okay. And so You just then, told me no commentary. So you no, tell no, your no, 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 you're fine questions I can ask. Okay, okay. So then so then Ruth's husband died and then so she needed So anyway, then Naomi took her in even though she shouldn't have taken her in because she was from a different place, no comments. And she was from a different place, but Naomi took her in kind of as one of her own even though it was kind of a weird situation. And so then she became like Hey, you should get together with. It makes sense that this guy comes along, who is Boaz, and then all of a sudden, then they were together, and then he wanted to. He, because of the law, that he he really couldn't marry her unless somebody else said that he can marry her, and then that person ended up saying, "Yeah, that's fine. You can marry her." And so then they got married, and that was it. So I really, okay, truthfully, I don't really get the point of this. I was going to say, so at this all, is like a story all. that seems to have no yes, logical to me, plot it was just or like all point. Of, yeah, it was, just like, mm. it was just like, all of a sudden it was like, okay, then they got married, and great. And Seriously, it was, nothing jumped out at you about the story? That no, seems strange? No, not at all. Really, there was nothing? No. and Really? And, no, there really wasn't, because it was just like, all of a sudden it was like this, this, lady wanted like she had lost her husband and then this lady took and then the father and you know whatever the mother-in-law took her in and then all of a sudden then she was with this other guy okay so here's what i love about this though is like how conditioned we are when we read because the fact that i don't know if you read the story there's some weird shit that jumps out at you <laughs> unless you're conditioned like we read the way the way we read the stories right like it's there's a point or a plot so honest to God, I'm gonna ask you one more time. Nothing, nothing strange about no, the story. No, nothing really. It, because she like laid at his feet. It's the whole feet thing. I understand that. But I, when I read that, and we had talked, you got about a lot of women previous... laying at your feet, Bray. 
<laughs> we had talked about that okay. previously. It was like, oh, okay, Just so saying. she went into this room and she laid down. And so anyway, yes, there is a point. We'll talk about that more. Okay. So. Okay, we're back. And Jody's joining us. Well, Jody's been here the whole time. Always. But, but so this is the part that we have a free-flowing conversation about this. And Jody fills us in a little bit. And then we'll kind of banter back and forth. But, so, so yeah. So Tell yeah, the story. Ahead. So I've told the story, and now you're... Now I get to tell the yeah, story. Yeah, you get to tell the story. Okay. I love that it's lightning outside while I tell the story, because this is not a... It doesn't seem like a very dramatic story, and this the setting is kind of fantastic. All right, so last week, we talked about the Book of Judges, and how, in every instance, the beginning of the story, of, uh, of a story in the Book of Judges, it started with how... And the people of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And really the, how the whole point of it was just that we as human beings are kind of cray-cray, and God loves us anyway, which is pretty much the whole summation of the book of Judges. Um, so strap in, boys and girls, because this story is equally as strange. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, okay, so we all get all hung up on how Song of Solomon is all scandalous and sexy. R Ruth's? Yeah. Ruth's pretty R-rated. All right, so anyway, um, so it was the same time as all of our crazy stories in the Book of Judges. And seriously, I encourage all of you to have a strong drink and go read the Book of Judges sometime because it will mess you up, especially as we roll into the month of October. There's some weird, twisted shit in there. So the story of Ruth begins with a uh, a lovely family moving to the country of Moab. There's a famine going on. All of the different judges of Israel are trying to make stuff happen, right? And it's like politics at any point in time. Nothing's ever quite right. So this guy and his wife, Naomi, and I can never get his name right, Elimelech, and his wife, Naomi, moved to the country of Moab. And they're two um, really super cool sons married to Moabite women, which not really a big hit, incidentally with other uh, Hebrew people. So it wasn't really a thing, as we talked about with uh, Samson the man whore, to take on uh, women from other countries. And so much of that just had to do with being pure and staying true to the God you were serving, and which is the God I think we're all trying to pursue at the end of the day. So they move to this place because of the famine. And uh, Naomi's husband dies, and then all of a sudden, her two sons die. And it never says why, mysterious illness, who knows. Like, it was, there was a famine. People die. So, uh, Naomi takes her two gorgeous young daughter-in-laws aside and says to them, you know, go find young men to marry you. You're young and you're beautiful. And the real bummer of it is that I'm an old woman and no one's going to take care of me. So I'm going to die alone and bitter. And I don't want that for the two of you. So one daughter-in-law holds her close and weeps and uh, in a Jody Piccolo story kind of way, like, says her goodbyes and then moves on. <clears throat> Ruth, on the other hand, clings to her mother-in-law and um, quotes some of the... They're right up there in the second most misquoted texts used in weddings where she says to her that... Wherever you go, I will go. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Which was a really big deal, but let's not miss the fact that this is a young woman talking to her mother-in-law. So when people say at weddings, it freaks me out almost as much as when people quote Philippians 4.13 at football games. Anyway. So they move on to this, like, Thelma and Louise moment where it's the two of them against the world holding hands moving into this crazy fate. 
and remembering that women at the time were defined solely by their relationships with men. And how I would love to say that things have changed. But to be two women at a time where you were basically beholden to your relationships with your husband or your son, it really was kind of an awesome, like, let's drive off the cliff and see what happens kind mm. of thing. So that's part, that's like story scandalous number one and amazing, right? Is that this like beautiful and intelligent and and loyal young woman binds herself to her old, I say that, but she was probably my age, mother-in-law, and that they set off to head back to their homeland to, um, yeah, Thelma and Louise style, held hands, jumped in the car, went off to see what fate was going to bring them. Okay, so they head back to Bethlehem, <coughs> a little town that everyone's sort of familiar with nowadays, and um, are sort of at the mercy of people they know and love to have a place to stay and to eat their food and to do whatever. And they arrive, and, and Naomi is the widow, and people know her, and, um, and it becomes an issue of how will they eat and how will they sustain themselves. Because, again, if you don't have a husband or sons to care for you, you are pretty much on the street corner with a sign and a plaintive case. And, and so Naomi's recommendation to young, beautiful Ruth is to go to the fields and follow behind the threshers and pick things up. So it doesn't seem like a big deal, right, until, Ru until Naomi also has to recommend to Ruth to just sort of, like, look out for herself. No one thinks twice about that, right? So she heads out with her apron and her bushels and works tirelessly to gather what's left, what's sort of left behind. Um, and here in Nebraska, we kind of get that, right? We see these young kids out destocking and doing, and, and stuff gets left behind. So essentially, they lived off of the remnants of what wasn't picked or threshed or taken, which you can imagine wasn't much. And what did they do with it? Well, they would turn it into grain and barley, and they would like they'd basically mash it up and and use it as f food. Source. Oh, okay, okay. I wasn't quite figuring that one out. Yeah, like, I couldn't quite place that. If they were taking that and selling that, uh, or what they were doing with it? Yeah, storing it and eating it. from it. And, okay. Um, yeah, it was a different, different way of doing life. Obviously, so Ruth's out there and she's working these day to night to make this happen, and partly because she needed to in order to feed the both of them. So it comes to the attention of the foreman and to the owner of the of that field, Boaz, that there's this young woman and and you have to love the way Hebrews tell stories in these days because they say that it what brought her to Boaz's attention was her tireless work ethic. <laughs> and let's all just hear giant quotes around that. Um because there were a lot of young women following behind the workers to pick things up. And in most situations, they were young women who were either like the children of widows and not of marrying age, or they were um, themselves young widows, or for one, whatever reason, they didn't have a, a man to uh, help support them. So Boaz notices her, again, quote-unquote, strong work, work ethic. ethic. Right. Oh, that all of us would have such a strong work ethic. And, and advises his workers to let her follow close behind and to leave her alone. And this is where our compassion swells for Ruth because the fact that Boaz had to tell the young men to leave her alone was um, part of the story that we, we ignore, that these young women were taking their fate into their hands to go out and walk the fields. Um, and that they became the, 
their strong work ethic was drawn was the attention of a lot of different of the workers while they were all out there, you know, taking care of their families, and um, and the young women weren't safe. So Sweet Ruth gets to follow behind and pick things up, and she ends up coming home with this like glorious bounty, right? And her her cool mother in law comes up and is like, "Hey, somebody paid attention to you. Tell me what that's about." And Ruth points out, oh yeah, you're a cool kinsman who's apparently like, we just learned some third cousin twice removed from Naomi, um, paid attention to me. And he let me follow behind the workers and like, what a great guy. Don't you love him to death? And so Naomi, cunning mother-in-law that she is, like original Jewish matchmaker. Seriously, she could have a show on HBO because this shit is amazing. She goes to her sweet young daughter-in-law and she says to her like, all right, Get yourself gussied up, find your sexiest shit, make yourself smell good because you were just in the fields all day, and go to the threshing floor at night and find Boaz and and win him. Go seduce the hell out of our kinsmen and make him, like, you're a beautiful young woman, go find a reason somebody should support you. Go find something that's going to give you a future and a home. So she literally tells her daughter-in-law to, like, get that shit happening and look good and smell good and then go make your best move on your kinsman while he's at the threshing floor. And it all sounds so pure and sweet the way we read it in Sunday school, and I will tell you all that is not how that goes down. Okay, so our girl Ruth heads down, and I love how the story says, as is true of men thousands of years before Christ and now that Boaz was eating and drinking and found himself comfortable and went and laid down comfortable and content the way to a man's heart ladies so he goes and he lays down and she waits in the shadows you know as like the lovely stranger and she heads on in and she lays down and waits till he's asleep and it says that she laid at his feet and actually depending on which one you read it'll say that she uncovered his feet so this, you guys, is where it gets amazing. Little tidbit of information. Feet, especially in the Old Testament, or anytime you read about angels, y'all are going to have a messed up view of angels now. Feet is a euphemism for penis. Just said that really? on a podcast. I did not know that. Feet is a euphemism for penis. So I want y'all to go read up about seraphim, and it's going to mess you up. But in the meantime, what we figure out is that our lovely heroine of the story, Ruth, goes in and uncovers Boaz's penis and lays by it so we all know what that means right so essentially y'all the story of ruth is the story of the blowjob heard around the world because what happens is sweet ruth uncovers the penis lays with him again in the biblical sense and when boaz wakes it says which how drunk was that man that he was sleeping through this when he wakes and he turns to her and he acknowledges her presence and it must have been real, real good because what he says to her is like, you are an amazing young woman and you should, I will honor you and I will take care of you and what a, what a sacrifice you've made to come. Which is really true because basically like she could have gone in and it could have been, instead of the blowjob heard around the world, it could have been the most epic one night stand heard around the world and... They, he had this beautiful moment of acknowledging her, which is kind of every woman's dream too, I suppose, in its own way. And then he said, you know what, just lay here with me till the morning. Pretty freaking romantic for 
the time and the day, right. right? Pretty amazing. And um, has her stay with him and then protects her. He goes to his workers and saves her from what also could have been the original walk of shame by getting her kind of out incognito before everybody woke up and came back. Mm-hmm. And um, then decides that he wants to marry her and he's in love again with her, you know, amazing work ethic, quote unquote. And goes to her next closest of kin who, yeah, between there's all these weird inheritance laws and it's just so strange and if you give this then you lose that and basically sort of uh, wooed his way into being able to marry Ruth from a much older and crunchier and crustier relative. And they exchange sandals in another weird um, and really less exciting foot story kind of way. And goes on to marry Ruth. And then what makes this so amazing and fun and exciting is that here we have this like pretty kind of scandalous and sexy story. And what comes out of it, no pun intended, is that this is the moment that we mark the beginning of the lineage of Jesus. So Ruth is the great-grandmother of King David. <coughs> and, um, and she's this Moabite, foreigner stays with her mom's mother-in-law in this crazy Thelma and Louise reckless way and saves everybody's life by this amazing sexual act which like take a page from the book ladies and then goes on to be the 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 moment we mark the the messiah the savior the upside down kingdom the inside out the paradox i don't know i think it's a kind of badass story it's one of my faves Okay, so is that your wrap on the story? Yeah, I wish there was a really more climactic ending, but I think we all know where the climax in the story is. So. Yeah, yeah. It was okay. like in verse thirty. It's hard. It's hard to. Two. It's hard to unpack it after that. <laughs> <laughs> do you, Do you think that was that pretty scandalous for a woman to do what she did in the Old Testament? Well, you know or what's funny more? is we have these weird moral codes about how women are supposed to behave, but women have employed sexual acts as both a gesture of love and a cry for mercy for thousands of years um or just a, or just an economic act you know um so a scandalous yeah in the sense that like they weren't engaged they she hadn't been employed by him as a sexual person um she was she was extending a, um, an invitation to knowingness and the way he could have responded could have been pretty, pretty and not, not the way it turned out. Right. I mean, he could have, you know, received that and then sent her out humiliated and ashamed and branded even worse than she was already. So, so what are we to glean from all this? Are you still asking me if there's a moral to the story? Yeah. Did we not establish in episode one that there's no moral to the story? <laughs> <laughs> did, I, did I not do a good enough job of that? <clears throat> no, I think... Okay, I don't think there's a moral to the story. I think what we take away from it is the um, remarkable beginnings of the most remarkable story ever told. Um, and that the notion of purity is, uh, isn't tied to the, the things we want to tie it to. I mean, not only was Jesus' bloodline not pure in the sense that, like, Ruth was a Moabite, she was a foreigner, she 
kind of had this like scandalous introduction to the lineage and to the tribes, but also that her intentions were good and her long-term goal was to care for her mother-in-law, but the way she went about it, my God, even by our standards today, wouldn't live up to a lot of people's moral code. Um, and I think the other point is, is that like sometimes we take ridiculous risks for the things that matter. And what mattered to Ruth was caring for her mother-in-law and to be truly frank for her own survival. And um, the girl was a hustler in the truest sense of the way. Like she worked hard and she employed all of the advantages she had she had at her disposal in more ways than one to make sure that they could survive. And, and that's ballsy and it's risky and it's badass. And I think she's among the most badass women of the Bible for that reason. And you she know, was a hard worker. That work ethic. Yeah, good work ethic she had out <laughs> in the field. But isn't it true? Like, we want to make the good women of the Bible. We, we divide women up into the good women, and then there's, you know, like we say tongue-in-cheek, the bad girls of the Bible. And wouldn't Ruth in some ways be one of the bad girls of the Bible? Because she didn't play by the rules. Now, the way they tell the story makes her sound like one of the good girls, because, my God, she's Jesus's great-great-great-great-grandmother. We can't have it make it sound like girl knows what she's doing down in some at somebody's feet uncovered quote unquote right, right. um but she she took risks she was she was gutsy she was not afraid to break the rules to to make good things happen for the people she loved and i don't know that that's the moral of the story but it's definitely part of the takeaway is that like man before the kingdom of God even had fully come into being, it was it was a scandalous, ridiculously awesome, inside out, unexpected, break the rules kind of place to be. Ooh, thunder. Okay, so we're back for the wrap up part of this, and we're also where we will draw what we're going to talk about in our next segment. But we're talking just a little bit that you don't have questions? I really don't have questions about this one, and, and I'm trying to not to... I mean, the feet thing did throw me. Like, we've never talked about like, this. Like, why was it so important that she uncovered his feet? Right. Isn't it and funny how we read that, though? We're just like, oh, weird, she uncovered his feet, and then we keep on reading? Right, because I read it as just that she, you know, she laid there, and then she uncovered his feet and laid there, and he thought she was sweet, and... Oh, it's so precious and romantic yeah. and naive and pure. Yeah, yeah. pretty naive of me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, but to know that, that that's, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, but, a woman comes and just lays at your feet. I, does that happen to you a lot, I guess? Well, no, like, that's but, just weird to me. Well, no, but I'm saying, but, but I don't know, back in... right, you assume. Yeah, back okay. in the Old Testament time, maybe that's just what happened. And so then they lay at their feet, and they're like, hey, you're kind of cute. And that's the, yeah. Yeah. It happens to me a lot. Yeah. But that's the best part about rereading the stories, is like, how much we take for granted when we read them. Right, exactly. Pretty scandalous. Yeah, yeah, a lot more than, yeah. It's kind of fantastic, right? And it was like, what? It's like four chapters. One, two, three. Just it tucked like, away. There's like five pages in my Bible. Yeah, it's tucked away. Tucked away. Who wrote Ruth? Do you know idea? That one is eluding me in this moment because of the whiskey. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. so. All right, we're getting ready to pick the next topic okay. that we will be talking about in our fourth segment. All right. Mixing around, mixing around. I know what I want it to be. I know what you want it to be, but I know what I want it to be. Wait, come to me. Oh, really? 
Adam and Eve. But what is it with the like? It's like the, the pears. The pears so far. I know, right? All right. This Adam is a good one. It'll be good. Can't wait to talk about these real people in the future. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us. Good Have night. a great night.